Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today, Joe Biden denies he ever said the things he's actually on camera saying. We'll get into that. Uh, And also, this is the same man pitching the largest tax hike in history, which is weird because I think he keeps saying that all of his policies are completely paid for. But we'll get into that as well. Uh, We've got all that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. I'm joined by fan favorites, the dynamic duo Blaze TV contributors, both Yakubuyans, host of The Bottom Line, uh, and Eric July, host of For Canon's Sake. You can find both of these on YouTube, and you should, of course, be subscribed to both of them. Make sure you subscribe to Eric. Um, I am just going to self-promote for a minute and say that you can also find me on Yaku's uh, YouTube channel, for the bottom line, we did tonight. a podcast together that is going to air tonight. Tonight. Okay. All it's right. It's a good one. So be on the, I mean, I don't mean to brag, but I feel like it's probably the best one. Probably the best one yet. It's very good. I think it's the best podcast in the history of podcasts other than this podcast show. Okay. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just kidding, obviously, but make sure to go check it out. Thank you. Uh, the bottom line on YouTube. So let's get into, we got a lot of, this is a Biden heavy show. And you know, I know the audience out there is like, Why would you tell me that? Now I want to change the channel. There's a lot of stuff that's transpired that actually part of it is funny. Part of it is terrifying. Part of it you just really, really need to know and be aware of. So we're going to get to all of it today. Uh, Let's first get to Fox News correspondent Peter Ducey, who is just doing God's work over there uh, talking to not only Joe Biden, but White House press secretary all the time. The only one typically pushing back in any of these press conference rooms. And uh, Peter Ducey, we talked about a lot of these gaffes on the show yesterday that Joe Biden has said um, He was talking about uh, calling for the uh, regime change, basically, whenever he made the comments about Putin. Uh, Several different things that he has said lately. Um, uh, The the military troops, he said, you know, you guys will find out all about what's going on in Ukraine when you're there. And then it was like, wait, no, 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 we're not deploying troops. I was just saying (laughs) <laughs> it never really made sense, the explanation that they gave. But uh, Peter Ducey actually asked Joe Biden about all of these gaffes that he has had lately. And Joe Biden was like, no, nope, never happened. Mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm. Watch this. Are you worried that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back? If some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon. And it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know... None of the three occurred. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending to... I was referring to with meeting with and talking with 
the uh, Ukrainian troops are in Poland. And when you said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind? It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Why would I tell you? you got to be silly. The world wants to know? The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, then R- Russia knows the response. Of course, Joe Biden was not going to tell him the response because he didn't actually remember what the response was, I'm sure. Um, but really awkward moments uh, there between Peter Ducey and Joe Biden. Um, and by the way, he's still not walking back his Putin comment. They're trying to spin it. I don't think that they're successful in this spin because he so blatantly has said the things that he has said. But uh, but here is Joe Biden saying that um, he was just expressing his outrage uh, about Putin being a bad man. He was not actually calling for a regime change when he said he could not remain in power. Watch. Do you believe what you said, that Putin can't remain in power? Or do you now regret saying that because your government has been trying to walk that back? Did your words complicate matters? Well, yes, three different questions. I'll answer them all. Number one, I'm not walking anything back. The fact of the matter is I was expressing the moral outrage I felt toward the way Putin is dealing and the actions of this man. Just just brutality of half the children in Ukraine. I just come from being with those families. And uh, and so uh, but I want to make it clear I wasn't then nor am I now articulating a policy change. I was expressing the moral outrage that I feel and I make no apologies for it. Personal, my my personal feeling. So interesting, interesting response. Um, (laughs) Gentlemen, I want to get your thoughts on all of these blunders, but I would like to first point out the uh, note card that he appeared to be using when he was answering Joe Biden, when he was answering these questions. This surfaced later on. This says this is a note card that Joe Biden was holding, and we can show you the uh, the side-by-side here in a second, but it says, tough Putin Q&A talking points. And then, of course, it asks, you know, if you weren't advocating for a regime change, what did you mean? And then it gives the answer. Uh, and then so let me let's let's first play that. I think this is fascinating. Let's play Joe Biden. You can see the side by side here of the talking points. Let's play Joe Biden answering this question while you can read these talking points yourself. Watch. Mr. President, thank you. When you say that you're not walking anything back, you do feel that Vladimir Putin should be remained from removed from power. Is that what you're saying? And no, what I was I was expressing just what I said. I was expressing the moral outrage I felt towards this man. I wasn't articulating a policy change. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, he continues on this course that he's on. He is going to become a pariah worldwide. Now, one could say if you were talking about a policy that was very complicated, that dealt with a lot of numbers, uh, that you know maybe you just needed a cheat sheet just to make sure that you got the policy correct, that you didn't misspeak. <laughs> if this were the case and he was trying to say, I was just expressing my own moral outrage, uh, I, didn't, I wasn't trying to suggest any sort of regime change. These were just my personal feelings about this man's actions. Do you see what I did there? I actually just said that without a, a talking point script or a teleprompter. I just said it because it seems very simple if that's how you feel and you are like a sentient being uh, who is not half dead. 
seems like that would be very easy to do. Yet here we have tough Putin Q&A talking points from the White House. It doesn't really uh, give me the impression that this White House is very confident in our leader right now. And you're not even the president. And you were able to do that. I know. It's can you amazing. believe it? Can you believe it? Eric and I should give it a try, too. I think a lot of us can do that. Now, Maybe look, I should be president. Mate, yeah, I, but you'd be a heck of a better president, <laughs> I tell you that much, right now. It would be amazing. Tough talking points is significant when you look at the list. This yeah. is how this whole administration looks at what is tough and what is not. They've right. got, they're, they're living in an altered reality. And this is probably most likely of, of him literally not even knowing coherently what he's saying and then reminding him, this is how you feel, Joe. <laughs> they're, they're telling him how he's feeling about a certain situation, how to respond, and it's so elementary. And yes, these are questions you should be able to handle two o'clock in the morning when you wake up. How do you feel about this? <clears throat> this is my position. Well, because yeah. they're literally saying that it was his personal feeling. So like, if but it's your personal right, if it's Joe, your this personal is how feeling, you felt personally. Right, right. And so we're going to give you a cheat sheet mm -hmm. to remind you to stay on script. And this is just a clear indicator, Eric, that they can't, that they know they have lost control over the man. They, they can't keep him on narrative because they hit him in a bunker for a reason. Yeah. For mm -hmm. a whole campaign. Throughout the whole campaign. This is yeah. why. Yeah. They hit him in a bunker. And shame on us for not calling him out of the bunker. That's what I thought about the other day. We did a dismal job challenging him out of the bunker. We allowed him to stay in the bunker because this kind of stuff would have happened four months before the election. Um, and he would have been disqualified, probably. Yeah, Eric. Yeah, he, I don't know to what extent. I know, obviously, everybody has the briefings before they actually go on any sort of stage and uh, talk to people. So I expect notes along those lines. I don't know to what degree each president has ever done that. However, with this, regardless of if it's unique to his experience or not, let's deal with it as far as what it is. And what it indicates is that maybe when he said that it was off script initially and what he's saying now is what they want him and need him to say mm -hmm. as far as the actual clarifications. Mm -hmm. Because maybe he is in another dimension and he's saying stuff that is basically putting it, effectively putting his foot uh, certainly in, in his mouth. So it's to certain degrees to where he doesn't even know what he said or what he initially meant uh, when he said it, or maybe that's how he actually feels. I do believe considering where this man has come from and historically his support of different wars, I absolutely believe that he, he, would, he wants to get out there and do that. Now, there may be some sort of conflict of interest there, and maybe there's a plex between the White House as far as what the direction is or what the military uh, or what the direction is that he wants to go versus what they, the consensus is among them all. But I believe him when he says that that's not what it is that he wants. Now, I get it. Is he saying with the whole Putin thing in Russia or whatever, and he's like, well, he can't remain in power. Does that mean that, OK, I'm going to do something about it? I can see where those mean two completely different uh, uh, things. However, considering that you are the president, considering where, whether it be with foreign policy, I know we like to think presidents do all of these things, but that's specifically what his job actually is. So you think if there is something that's going to come into fruition, it's exactly that, that and uh, how he's dealing with these sort of uh, international relationships. But coherently, you can tell that he's not there. And I think even some of the the people that would generally support him, they mm -hmm. believe that. Mm -hmm. Whether they say it publicly, 
is another thing. But they believe that he does not have it all upstairs. And this is what the, what those notes actually indicate, because that would be something that, hey, man, they're going to ask you, obviously, about this. Just say that, you know, you didn't really mean it that way. You meant it this way. But the fact that he has to have notes that he's reading from verbatim regarding his own personal thoughts uh, indicate that he just doesn't really have it all all there and he can't really retain that information. And that should be, of course, scary to really anybody that's certainly in this country, considering how much power that he has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and and to both of your points, uh, just to kind of reiterate the bottom of that card, the talking points, it had a question about Macron and something that Macron had said, and it said, is this now threatening to splinter unity with your NATO allies? And his answer that he was supposed to say, it just says, no, NATO has never been more united. Like, why would you need that answer on a note card if you had any basic comprehension? Like, even, even a president who, is who has absolutely no clue about anything, has no political experience, even then you could still prep them and say, hey, if they ask any questions about NATO, if they ask anything about the alliance, all you have to do is tell them that we have never been more united. Yeah, like that's easy. That, that's, but, easy. that's yeah, very easy to remember. It is. You're not getting into any sort of complex. No, but I actually think that note card. They literally want him verbatim, and even when well, he they answered, don't trust him. they don't. That's the point. Even when he answered that first question, mm -hmm. he, he he still ad libbed. He a still ad libbed yeah. and elaborated. Yeah. And I can tell you now, it's written that way literally for them to go read it like a parrot. So I'm saying. The president of the United States has a muzzle. Mm -hmm. He's got a bit in his mouth, mm -hmm. like a horse, and he's being led. Yeah. Even in a simple news interview, yeah. it's obvious that they want him to stay 100% on script because mm -hmm. they don't trust him. Well, yeah, he's too much of a liability because, I mean, if you look at the, at the speech that he gave that was in question about calling for him to not remain in power, that was a that was like a quick ad lib that he added on at yeah. the end of his entire speech. It didn't match him the tone. Telling people how he actually feels. Right, yes. right. Like I'm serious. Right, and I think you're right. He's at odds even with his own yeah, White House. Sure, 100%, yes, 100%. yes. And so that, but like it, the fact that they think that if they put that on a cheat sheet, that that's the only thing that he's going to stick to, <laughs> is insane to me. That's, that's all they can do at this point, though, right now, because he has, that's, to, he has that's to go. Who they wanted. If, if they're not going to put like some sort of I don't know hologram up there yeah. of him, if they're going to put him actually there in the flesh is the best they can do. Listen, let's look at the positive. He had the sheet facing the right way this time. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't facing us. That's he had it facing the right way. So, hey, he's, he's making progress. <laughs> Great job, Joe. Baby steps. Baby Great steps. job. Uh, all right, we've got, to, uh, we've got to take a break. When we come back, let's talk about the largest tax hike in history that would be uh, if Joe Biden gets his way. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. So, uh, look, I was reading a Reuters report uh, earlier, and T-Mobile is actually firing anyone who is not, quote, fully vaccinated on April 2nd. Yeah, that's a thing that's still happening. Oh, yes. So that is why we here at The Blaze are very, very proud to partner with Patriot Mobile. They are America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Uh, and by, by the way, they are the only mobile provider that actually actually still believes in the Constitution. They offer the same nationwide coverage, the same towers as all of those major carriers that you know of. So you're getting the same nationwide coverage. Plus, you get that peace of mind that your money is actually supporting your right to free speech. Your money is going to a place and your money, you're spending your dollars with a company who doesn't actually hate you. 
Okay, that's a big deal. Patriot Mobile, by the way, has plans to fit any budget. They've got 100% U.S.-based customer support, and they share your values. They support organizations who are fighting for things that you believe in, like religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, and more. you got to go there. It's patriotmobile.com slash news. You can get free activation with the offer code news. Guys, switching your number, porting your number, very, very easy. So don't think that you won't be able to port it correctly or something bad will happen. It's seamless these days, so you got to go there. Support a company who loves you and shares your values over at patriotmobile.com slash news. Joe Biden laid out what he calls the uh, billionaire minimum income tax. This is going to be, if it is passed through, uh, the largest tax hike in history. This is, uh, of course, part of his 5.8 trillion dollar budget blueprint for federal spending in fiscal year 2023, uh, which begins in October. And under this proposal, taxes would rise by 2.5 trillion. Uh, The deficit would be 1.15. Trillion, And again, I I just I have to remind everyone, I know this feels like it's just a it's just a word at this point. Right. It's like, oh, trillion, whatever. No, that's actually like way too much money that we don't have that I'm sure uh, Eric will point out. We are just selling off our assets of all of our unborn. So um, but let me just kind of break this down a little bit. They say, of course, I I mentioned the billionaire minimum income tax is what they're calling it. So they say this is going to largely affect uh, Wall Street and the top sliver of U.S. households uh, in the form of a steeper corporate rate, a modified wealth tax and a global minimum tax. Uh, So they've got um, minimum 20 percent tax on the incomes of U.S. households worth 100 million or more, including uh, some others, uh, as I mentioned, the global tax, global minimum tax and modified wealth tax. So, you know, it's just very interesting because they say that half of the revenue that they get from this tax plan is going to only come from 700 billionaires. So the country's 700 billionaires are going to be the ones to foot half of the revenue that they are bringing in. Um, It only applies, they say, to the top 0.01% of households or about 20,000 Americans. And let's say that that were true. Let's say let's let's just let's let's say that they're telling the truth there. Let's say that that were true. Never ends up being correct. Um, But let's say for a second that that were true. It's so interesting to hear them say this as if even if that were true, that wouldn't trickle down into other facets of everyday lives of Americans, that they wouldn't be paying more for all of these corporations' products, that they wouldn't be like, it's like, you think that these billionaires are just going to sit there and go, oh, well, I'll just take that hit. And I'm not going to uh, change any of the way that I'm doing things. It obviously also always trickles down. And they just do you do they understand this or do they like is this on purpose? Do they understand that this is still going to trickle down to the consumer, to the everyday American and they just don't care? Are they just completely ignorant and uneducated about how taxes work? Like which one is it? Because I go back and forth sometimes on whether or not this is just a difference in opinion of how policy works or whether or not these are just completely ignorant buffoons. I mean, they are buffoons, but. I mean, Eric, go first on this one. I'm going to take a hammer to this thing. Well, look, 
Obviously, I believe, well, not believe, it's a fact. Taxation is extortion. Uh, theft by way of extortion. It always has been. That's exactly what it is. It doesn't matter what you think that you get in return. To say that it's not theft because you get something in return will be the equivalent to me mowing your grass without your consent and then holding a gun to your head telling you that you owe me money. Obviously, you would claim that was extortive, and that's exactly how the government operates. It is the threat of a government gun. Now, to your point to what you mentioned and address that question, it is, the answer is yes. Uh, it's, they're both stupid um, and they're both ignorant considering the Keynesians that absolutely work for them where they, these moronic ideologues really believe that they could spend money to get us out of debt, which obviously works antithetical to this. But you see how the government, they've done this historically, this didn't just start, start with Biden. Just think about that. They're saying and they're trying to account for money that they think that they're going to get. And they're still saying that they are $1.5 trillion in the hole. That's not the debt that we're talking about, people. That's the deficit. So that means that the government knowingly each year, every freaking yep. fiscal year, spends money that they know that they're not going to get. What these types of things are, you're completely correct that no billionaire, no anybody is going to just sit there and swallow the cost. They don't just sit up there and say, well, you're going to take more of my money and I'm not going to do anything about it. No, they're going to make an adjustment. They'll raise a price here. They'll raise a price there. But these types of, of things, which folks would say, well, it doesn't impact you because they're economically illiterate. So you could explain just exactly what it is that I said. But even if we did assume that that was true, think about what it is that they are saying. They think that the money is better suited to go to the government mm -hmm. that has already admitted that they're spending money that they don't have. Mm -hmm. And it's more, better suited that it goes to them. Well, we know they're going to overspend. They're going to be as inefficient as they possibly can because it's stolen goods at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And of course, they can print the money out of thin air as well, the money that they don't get. So now you have a situation where what incentive do they have to actually be efficient? Nothing. None. None. It's zero. No so what this type of what taxation is, even on wealthy folk, which, again, it never stops there. This whole idea that, well, it's just going to be the millionaires. No, then it ends up being you because mm -hmm. it's, it's funny. It goes from, well, I wanted to tax a million people that made over a million and it somehow gets down to like four hundred thousand. And then you got um, mm -hmm. what's his name on the view crying about it? Like, wait a minute. Now it's going to impact me. Of course it was going to impact you. It always that was always the plan. But what these types of laws are, they're, they're not even moral ones. They're, they're, they're is, the more approach is, I guess the more accurate approach is envious. So where they think that, and this is why most socialists, most leftists, the broke ones especially, advocate for this type of stuff. Because they'd rather you not have the money, yeah. even if they know it's going to be peed away. Mm -hmm. They'd rather you not have it and it go to somewhere where it's guaranteed to be peed away. They'd rather it go to them than you simply had it. And that's what sucks right now. We have a bunch of emotional brainlets that are unfortunately running this country. Yeah, yeah. I want to, I, I, I want to, of course, I want you to chime in. Let me just, let me bring Please. in a couple more pieces of this. So the proposed corporate tax rate would go from 21% to 28%. Pretty large jump, in my opinion, and not only that, but um, but they will you they will they are proposing actually people paying taxes on unrealized income. Oh, so yeah. that's, 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 any assets, any stocks, right? Stuff. Like yeah. it, like typically, not typically. The way that it works is that you're not paying taxes on that until you have sold 
the the stock because that's not actual money. Like that's not money that you have until you sell it, right? Um, well, they are trying to eliminate that. They think it's some loophole and that you should be paying taxes on gains that you haven't actually made yet. Real quick before you go, Yaku, keep in mind regarding that corporate tax rate. Anybody that is griping and moaning about people buying stuff overseas or setting up businesses and accounts overseas, do not sit up. You cannot sit up and argue for higher corporate tax rates while also having that position. You yeah. can't. Yeah. Yes. So by nature, they're going to divest. And what you're going to see here is your billionaires and, and some people may frown upon this. They are job creators. Yeah. Brass tax. You may not like them. But they work really hard. Mm -hmm. Elon, highest taxpayer last year in our country, Musk. Well, okay? Elizabeth Warren says he paid zero. Elizabeth Warren doesn't know where the front door to the back door of the White House is, <laughs> just like Joe Biden. Okay? These, t these guys are not going to swallow it. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. It will trickle down to the employee. You're going to lose jobs because they're going to save money. They're further going to outsource to China. This will cripple America's economy. And good luck thinking that they're not going to throw the kitchen sink through their CPAs at this and find right. every possible way within the tax law, Donald Trump, a.k.a. President Trump, very smart, find the way to work around it. Because I'm telling you now, the billionaires that I do know want to create jobs. They are driven to, to buy more and build more. They're not going to do it. We're going to hurt. Um, the notion that He's going to tax these people. What I wonder is whether he had a nice forum with the top 300, top 400, you know, wealthiest mm. people in the nation. Would he ask some of his buddies, how's Jeff Bezos going to swallow this? Mm -hmm. Hey, welcome, Jeff. Elon Musk's perceived value is the perceived value of Tesla. Like Zuckerberg, it is what you're willing to pay for it. It's not cash in the bank. Right. Good so, point. It's not in the bank. You know, what is Facebook worth? Whatever you're willing to pay for it. Technically, it's vapor, right? It's not brick and mortar. There's some brick and mortar, but it's okay. So the same with Musk. It's not in the bank, right? So if they now go and they're willing to tax those individuals on future gains, on perceived value, which could tank tomorrow. Yes, correct. A single microchip right. goes sideways tomorrow and Facebook's value and, and Tesla's value falls by 40%. No. But now you pay tax. Oops. Yeah, you're they, not getting that back. Good luck <laughs> in a state like Texas trying to rework capital gains tax or property tax, which we are trying to do yeah. in Texas. Yeah. No. When they do this, it is a grab. It'll trickle down to the person who owns, who earns $15 an hour. It will hurt the whole nation. Yeah, isn't it's very fascinating to me that they act like it's only the ultra wealthy who own stocks. Yeah. Right. Like that's yeah. that's just not well, they're, they're, the way it works. I mean, they have real, it's not even quick. advocating what they do is they try to market these sort of ideas to, unfortunately, the very low informed yeah. uh, people. And so these are the brainless that we go back and forth with on, on Twitter right. who just have no sense of economic reality. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got to take a break. We'll be back. This was a very Biden-heavy uh, conversation today. So let's move into what the Biden administration said about Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, signing into law the parental rights bill. Uh, Biden tweeted out, or at least 
Biden's Twitter account tweeted out, uh, every student deserves to feel safe and welcome in the classroom. Our LGBTQI plus, I don't know why he stopped there, there were plenty more letters, uh, youth deserve to be affirmed and accepted just as they are. My administration will continue to fight for dignity and opportunity for every student and family in Florida and around the country. Now, I just would like to pass it along to you guys by reminding everyone who is listening to this that this is a bill that is talking about kindergartners through third graders and not discussing sex and gender identity. So it's very interesting that he says our youth, our LGBT youth, deserve to be affirmed and accepted just as they are. And they can't say something like, if a kindergartner claims that they're yeah. a boy when they're a girl, we probably should give them as much mental health treatment as possible because that's a problem. Yep. Instead, they're here to uh, affirm and enable this madness. The cornerstone of the bill is to give parents power. Right. So this is literally, yes, it is about sexualizing three to five-year-olds, and I think this audience knows exactly where I stand on that. I mean, it is, you, there are no bigger war words than that to me. And thank God for you, by the way. But, but the I'll say, in the bill we just got passed in Oklahoma and knocks the teeth out of this bill even, it's even more, I mean, praise God for it. But it is to literally strip power away from the parent. And if you look at the movement against children today, Get this term. This is a term in the, in the fight against sex trafficking. They want children to have what's called sexual agency over their body. To remove all power down to from birth, if they could, from the parent. To literally put the state or state agents such as Planned Parenthood, CPS, in charge of your child. So don't just focus on the, the, you know, you know, three-year-old to five-year-old kids. The bill is to give parents the mm -hmm. power back, which is sanity. Thank you, Mr. DeSantis. Mm -hmm. The president of the United States shouldn't even engage in this conversation. It's a state issue. Yeah. But the president of the United States say, parents, you can't decide for your child. That should ring across this nation. Big daddy government knows best, All according the time, to the Biden administration. Look, they have told on themselves, this is the angle that I have been taking um, with this. Um, I, I see that other side had... They dubbed it as like this anti-grooming bill, which would be more correct than the don't say gay bill. Mm -hmm. and you consider that the bill doesn't really specify any sort of sexuality. Right. Therefore, straight and them uh, straight and gay be the same thing. However, right. you wonder why on earth did they, did they take mm -hmm. that to mean that it was mm -hmm. aimed at them, even though it would be aimed at straight people and mm -hmm. straight, straight uh, kids the same way or whatever. Yep. Now, uh, you BSNBC, they had a teacher <laughs> out there in um, Florida who was talking about this stuff, saying, well, I, I, I feel under threat because now he can't talk to his children about, and he said his children, right? That's what he, he considers the, oh, yes. the uh, is mm -hmm. his children. Yeah. About, to the about yep. um, uh, him and his partner going paddle boarding. I'm like, why in the hell are you having that discussion? He, he was a kindergarten teacher, kindergarten teacher. Why in the hell are you having this conversation anyway mm -hmm. with them? And they go, goes to show like, well, they had been doing that all along, mm -hmm. and now they feel like they're And that threat. was the way that they introduced the topic Absolutely. at all. Because this is not about the kids, guys. 
This is about them using the most vulnerable population to validate themselves, mm -hmm. guys. That's what this is about. So this is at the expense of the children. They want to utilize them because they're like sponges. They can mold them essentially into what they believe and have them validate themselves, which is why they keep talking about me, me. I can't do this with with my with these children that are not theirs, by the way. They, they might feel like that's the case, but a lot of them are childless anyway and godless. Mm -hmm. So, of course, they want to use your children and be able to mold them because they ain't having none themselves. But on a serious note, guys, they want this. They want the children to validate themselves in their particular existence. I hate this. This they call it LGBT youth. I, every time I hear the, the term like trans kid, I like I start like <laughs> right. Gives them a tick. that's that's. <laughs> That's not correct. Right. That's not right. There's something fundamentally wrong with that sort of term. And they're just trying to normalize it um, uh, really with with everybody to make it seem like this is this is what it's about. And this is about uh, this kumbaya inclusivity. No, it's about you being a psychopath and you want these guys to validate them. And if it means ex at the expense of other people's children, you'll 100 percent do that. These are evil people it Very. is that we're yes, dealing with the guys most, the and, most. and i wish that you know thankfully we talked about it many times on the show the silver lining with all of this bull crap is that more people are knowledgeable mm -hmm. of what's going on in their school certainly the amount of abuse that's going on so get the, the hell up out of there i don't even care yeah they got this bill going and it's up, up applying to these schools i don't care you still should get them the hell up out of there um, because there's always going to be those lingering effects sarah just very quick sure of course for evil to exist it requires good men to do nothing. Number one. And number two, I just got to do it. I'm sorry. Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. It's that simple. Um, I want to I want to discuss something that kind of in this vein, which we've obviously covered on the program before, which is uh, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson uh, and her curious minimum sentencing for all of these convicted uh, child pornographers. So um, the Republicans are, are currently accusing the White House now of trying to cover up her record by intentionally leaving out a child porn case from materials that were supplied to the Judiciary Committee for all of this, uh, for all of the confirmation hearings. Now, the White House says it was just a mistake. It was just a little oopsie. It just happened to be a very egregious case that was left out. So let me give you guys the case. This was U.S. versus Kane. It involved over 6,500, that is 6,500 files mm -hmm. depicting children appearing to be of elementary, middle, and high school ages engaged in sexual acts or posing sexually. Uh, Jackson sentenced the convicted defendant to the mandatory minimum 60 months in prison, even though the probation office had asked for 84 months. She said no. I'm going to go lighter. I'm only going to give the 60 months in prison. So there may be some people out there who are arguing that we just need to see the specific cases. Maybe they aren't so bad. This is one of them. One of many, by the way. There's no excuse for it. Yeah, and I want to say this is how it goes down every single time. So that's five years, by the way. So this, let's not talk big months. Five years for exploiting 6,000 500 children, or at least 6,500 images, even if it was 300 children. Elementary, okay. middle school, and high school ages. These are not 17-year-olds. That individual is not going to serve five years. No. Because that individual will be four months in, 
probably going to be placed in some woke state that will come and release him or her early. So maybe serve two years, thousand hours community service, some probation. And then, and then we'll do what? Reoffend every single time. Mm -hmm. Every single sex offender that we've ever worked with reoffends every single time. Because there's zero rehabilitation for these people when they're in prison, no programs, that's a whole nother argument, the amount of money thrown at prisons and they do no true reform. So welcome to abusing children. You're gonna pay a little bit of dues and we'll put you back out on the street. And oh, by the way, most states now not requiring that individual to even register, even if they served a sentence based on where they live, AKA New York, New Jersey, and some others. So it's an absolute debacle. It just falls straight back in line with them coming against DeSantis, three to five year olds. They want children sexually exploited. Yeah. In a story. Eric, this is not, this could not possibly be an accident. No, that's pretty no. egregious, right? Yeah. 6,500 um, uh, photos or videos that are depicting, like you said, whether it be different kids or if it's one or two, it's still, a, it's criminal. And it's, it, it's, you think a person like that. You know, you talk about this whole minimum sentencing thing. You think a person like that with that many, uh, th that's someone that has some things wrong, certainly with them. And you think that definitely if it was a free, if it was an actual marketized uh, situation, good luck with that person even still being here, let alone being out of there long before five years. Because to your point, generally, these are, they'd be lucky to serve too um, and be, be up out of there. Look, guys, they're targeting your children specifically because, like I mentioned earlier, they are sponges. And you cannot allow them to hide behind these monikers of what it is that they have presented themselves as. You know, so they're trying to, you know, Biden with this with this chicken. He's like, oh, well, I'm trying to put in this first black female um, uh Supreme Court justice or whatever, that's what this is about. And that's all that it is that they're talking about. All these Democrats that question them, that's what they're highlighting. That doesn't mean anything. When you look at something like this and what you just showed, I look at that person and I'm saying, what in the hell is wrong yeah. with you? Certainly considering the piece, the power it is that you had and the position it is that you certainly are in. This is ultimately just evil people. We can't sit up here. I know we like to tr rational people always do yeah. this. They're like, I'm trying to wrap my mind around why yeah. would a person do this? Right. Yeah. Why would why would someone do something of this nature? Why are there so many people that are generally in support of either this person or this thing it is that they're doing? And you cannot allow your reason. You can't apply that set of logic and ethics on to your the, these other people. Some folk are just bad. Yeah. And what they advocate just really shows that. And I hate that it has to be that way mm -hmm. because often folks on our side look at it like it's all about logic. It's all about putting the pieces together. Where the facts of the situation, something, there has to be a reason why someone did it. And sometimes that reason is simple. They're evil. From a, from a logical Last standpoint, way. Sarah, if I tell you, Sarah, I care a lot about your child, then I have to protect your child versus we care a lot. We care so much about your child. We're going to take a one in three women today sexually exploited in America. And we're gonna make that number, what? Every single woman? Because that's what's going to happen when you do these kinds of things to children on the one end, and then you let the, pred the predators and the perpetrators walk on the other end, what do you think is gonna happen? Yeah. Absolute disaster. Yeah, all right, uh, we've got more to come. We'll be right back.
The NFL just announced that every team will be required to hire a minority assistant coach on the offensive staff. Uh, the individual, by the way, it can be um, like a, a, main, a minority when you're talking about race or a female and will be signed to a one year deal partially paid from a league wide fund. Uh, this, job. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, here's mm -hmm. the thing. Uh, mm -hmm. I was listening to Jason Whitlock on Glenn's program this morning, and he pointed out like there's no way that that isn't already occurring that there's not already at least one minority right. assistant coach, coach, whatever, on the offense on all of these teams. So why? It's a signal. Sarah, I was on Glenn Beck's show when we talked about South African farm murders. Remember that show? Mm -hmm. This is almost a year ago. Mm -hmm. And Glenn's like, Yaku, what's going to happen? I said, this whole equity, hear me today, it's affirmative action. It's under a guise of something else, and here it's coming. It's a quota system. In South Africa, it's down to what you would call peewee football, where they say who can play and who can't and who you hire, literally, at six years old. Oh so many of this, not by merit. Well, Johnny is really fast. Sorry, he can't run. We already have three black kids or two white kids. It is absolutely affirmative action. It's a fake job, mm -hmm. absolute fake job. And yes, it already occurs. I played, but, but they'll keep adding. Next year, it will be two jobs, three jobs. Yeah, because it'll never be enough. No, mm -hmm. never. Mm -hmm. When is it ever enough for these mm -hmm. people, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. look, these are, this has been infecting certainly so many different sectors of the entertainment industry. We've seen that. We've seen this, of course, in the corporate space as well. But this is what they're highlighting. They've drawn their line in the sand. They're focusing so much on, you know, the they have these departments of fake jobs, diversity, inclusion, and equity. And basically what it, it is is do not hire people based upon merit. Right. Hire people based upon how they look, um, um, how they, you know, what gender they are, whatever it is. That's what they're focusing on. And this is why I think that there has to be an effort among non-leftists to combat this in the entertainment space specifically. It's the easiest spot to do it. Yes. It's a mo lot more difficult to do it with these things that are of necessity. But entertainment is the easiest thing to do it, to reject this bull crap. And really, I would wholeheartedly reject and make fun of and mock and shame these weirdos that adopt this bull crap as a policy, even if to like what Jason's saying, it's already a thing. So they're specifically using it. That's even worse, yes. I'd argue, because they're just using it to virtue signal. Right. Why do you have to signal that this is something that is that you are hyper-emphasizing? These people need to be competed with, uh, and, and hopefully out of this cultural renaissance that it is that we have, we have folks that are just hiring based upon, you know, just, just merit, just straight up. I don't care how you look. I don't care what it is, Bill, that it is that you fit. If it's exclusively one race, if it's exclusively another, but those were the best people at the time, then so be it. There's nothing wrong with that. And the fact that Americans have been convinced that there is something wrong with that because they focus so much on, on the makeup, is it's, it's criminal, man. It's criminal. Iron sharpens iron. You make your culture stronger when you make your culture compete, yes. when it's merit. Yeah, I agree. So the same league, what do you think would happen if we call the same league right now and say, hey, disproportionately a black league on the player level we need 50 percent of the players to be white yeah. they'll laugh at you yeah it's merit it should be it's a sport it's entertainment i'm so glad you harp on that because it's just we can't live without the nfl yeah. it's just right. entertainment yeah. it's like a bad movie at this moment <laughs> ain't that the truth uh all right we'll be back
So we were just talking off air uh, about, you know, I said, I really have not missed watching the NFL. Like, I thought that I would, you know, I know I'm the, I'm the woman at the table, but I was a very, very big, I mean, I still am a sports fan, but the NFL, I just couldn't do it. No, they're anymore. targeting women. The NFL is proactively targeting women to bring them on as viewers. Look at the amount of field reporters, et cetera. So when women say, I'm not going to watch the NFL, I argue it's actually more powerful than mm. even men. Yeah. Because they want to attract this, you know, the, 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 the one who holds the purse a little bit in the house. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, no. So, so keep, look. It's a circus show, it, and it's and it's lost its luster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it has. Even with the rules, and I mean, nah. Well, let I mean, it that's slide. how we make a difference in culture. I think is you stop watching the NFL if you don't agree with this stuff. You're stop, gonna live, guys. Stop going to the movies to go support these people. Stop paying for your Disney Plus subscription. Yeah. Stop doing that. Disney just came out again yesterday and condemned, quadrupling yes, down, condemned Ron DeSantis for actually saying parents should be able to raise their children how they see fit. These are these are theme parks for your children. Yeah. If that doesn't uh, concern you, you're not paying close enough attention. So uh, please, please, please vote with your dollars. It's going to be what makes a difference in this battle. Uh, thank you guys thank so you. much for being yeah, yeah. here, as always. Thanks, Young Ripper. Yeah. Yeah, yes, Young Ripper 5-9 over here. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.